Hello, Marvelites. You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 559. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Agent of Chaos and Sunshine and Sparkles, the rain sink. Hooray! Hooray! Hey, speaking of sparkles, did you see space recently? NASA put out that amazing picture from the James Webb Telescope. That picture is wild. I like going and and looking at space because it reminds you of how infinitely small you are when you're like, all those little dippy dots are full galaxies, just like this one, in which we are less than dust. Helps you get a little bit of perspective on everything. And remember, it's okay, you know? Yeah. Just because you didn't get your order of fries with your meal, them galaxies keep turning. Them galaxies keep turning turning we've got a whole freaking lot to get to oh this my week God, it's it a is crazy a jam-packed week. episode let's get this started because this is the official marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in marvel whether it's games comics movies tv or whatever we're excited about and holy free holies we've got a lot to get excited about yeah i mean we got a whole bunch of stuff from marvel studios And then San Diego Comic-Con is next week. And this week we have on the LARPers from Marvel Studios Hawkeye, the series from Disney+. Plus. You might remember the LARPers, a.k.a. live action role players, those incredible service folks who jump into the fray with our Hawkeyes. So they're coming up. It's a big week. Some congratulations are in order for Marvel Studios. Let us get you a bucket for all your Emmy nominations. Congratulations to all of the folks who worked so hard on these series, including Marvel Studios Hawkeye, which got two Emmy nominations. Marvel Studios What If, which received three Emmy nominations, including Outstanding Animated Program. Marvel Studios Loki, which got six Emmy nominations, and Marvel Studios Moon Knight, which got a whopping eight Emmy nominations. So incredible to see all the amazing people who work on these series, all their work be appreciated. So kudos to all of them. If you want to see the full list, head on over to Marvel.com or the Marvel social channels for more. I want to talk about Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel finale, but I can't. We don't want to spoil it. It's only been out for a couple days. Oh my gosh. But I... Ha! Let's just say Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is a Marvel Mm -hmm. Studios series, which means you should watch (laughs) the end all the way to the end and then keep watching through the credits. Because if you don't, you're 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 missing you're missing it. (laughs) Do you even Marvel, bro? Yeah. Do you Marvel? Oh, man. When my husband went to go see Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder in the theater, people were leaving during the credits, and I was like, sit down, you're going to miss it. (laughs) You guys know. If you're listening to this podcast, you You know, know, but like, watch. Just watch till the end. A really action-packed finale. Yeah. And just so excited for the future to come for Ms. Marvel. It is a series that is worthy of being Ms. Marvel series. Watch all episodes of Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Don't miss it. If you like to wait until they're all out, they're all out so you can watch all of the series. So go do that right now. And speaking of Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder, Mm. the film is here. It's out in the theater. We're all watching it. We went to the Alamo. And honestly... I had just the greatest time. The couple next to me like knew about comics and I was fully just eavesdropping on their conversation. I love seeing movies in movie theaters. And this is one of those films that you should experience on the big screen, if at all possible. It is awesome. I saw it in 3D, which was awesome. I hadn't seen a 3D movie in a while, which was really cool. And there was a Loki cosplayer. She was incredible. Her name is Aurora. You can find her on Instagram, A-R-O-R-E-A. But she was so great. She she came in this amazing Loki costume. One of the servers at the Alamo Draft House, because if you don't know, the Draft House has, you know, full, it's a full restaurant in addition to everything. She was dressed up as Valkyrie and was like incredible. And she was so excited and so happy. There was just joy around kids and families and adults and everybody was just into it and excited and 
Man, it's so much fun to go to the movies. It's so much fun to go to the movies. Of course, you can go experience the film only in theaters right now. But also, there's a ton of stuff on Mm Marvel.com if you want to learn more about the film, if you've already seen it and you (laughs) won't get spoiled. I do remind you that there are spoilers out there in the world. So if you're waiting to see it in theaters and you haven't gotten a chance yet, maybe see the movie before diving into some of the spoiler articles. But there's a great one about how Chris Hemsworth's own daughter, India, is actually playing Gore's daughter in the film which is awesome. There's also a lot of other celebrity kids that you might spy in the film that are talked about in some of our other articles, including an article about Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder's soundtrack. I mean, this soundtrack, it's nothing but bangers. I I mean, Taika Waititi knows how to choose a soundtrack. Yeah, you got Guns N' Roses, like plenty of Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. Uh, ABBA, you got that great new score from composer Michael Giacchino. You've got a whole bunch of stuff. You, of course, get it on you know YouTube, Spotify, all kinds of places. And, of course, you can buy the album on iTunes. The most important thing about this entire soundtrack is that it means we have a Dio song in a Marvel Studios production, <laughs> Rainbow in the Dark. I love Dio, Ronnie James Dio. I love him that, so that's much. That's a band that just looks like it's full of vampires. <laughs> How dare you? The, in the best way possible. The best vampires. Rest in peace, the metal god, Ronnie James Dio. Sometimes I just put on some Dio and want to sing along and feel joy and metal rage. And it's so good. So hearing Dio over the credits, it got me. It was really good. It was really special. I love that. Also, you know, we have the best swag and there's some really great stuff inspired by the film. Tons of Marvel must-haves over at marvel.com slash must-haves. There's Funkos of Thor and Valkyrie and Korg. Both Ryan and I already have the Hot Topic t-shirt that Thor wears in the opening scene. There's some great other clothing. There's some handheld weaponry, Mighty Thor's Mjolnir and Thor's axe, Stormbreaker. So definitely go check those out on marvel.com where you can find them and also like at retailers all over the place, including Shop Disney for a lot of those. Yeah. And you mentioned the Hot Topic, but like Hot Topic has cosplay vest that uh, you know like a riff on the vest that thor wears they have a cosplay outfit for valkyrie the valkyrie one is a banger they have a great mighty thor dress Mm. there's lots of good stuff in there heck yeah there's still more thor to talk about because thor and the mighty thor are now in the Fortnite item shop they are inspired by marvel studios thor love and thunder and available in the gods of thunder pack is two back blings two pickaxes two gliders plus an emote and a loading screen you're also going to get the full charge style of the outfits and pickaxes so you can surround yourself with lightning look rad and cool when you are building or not building now that Fortnite has a mode where there's no build all that if you play Fortnite, get you some thor and the mighty thor please yeah they're in the item shop now so go enjoy and mighty thor is also arriving at avengers campus at disney california adventure park at disneyland resort encountering recruits and occasionally challenging others to test their worthiness with of course, Mjolnir, which sounds super fun. There are so many incredible heroic encounters at Avengers Campus, like Spider-Man and Black Widow and Shang-Chi and Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain America and Iron Man and Star-Lord. And so Mighty Thor is going to join them. She looks incredible. So fun. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Disney parks, of course, over at the Walt Disney Studios Park at Disneyland Paris, the Avengers Campus had its big opening dedication ceremony. They had Brady Larson and Bob Chapek there for the ribbon-cutting ceremony. Avengers Campus opens July 20th for some epic adventures. If you want more information, go check out Avengers Campus Paris, hashtag on Twitter, and check out DisneylandParis.com. We are just getting started because Mm -hmm. next weekend is San Diego Mm Comic-Con. It will be the first Comic-Con in 18,000 years that I haven't been at. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to enjoying your exploits from afar this year. I'll be honest, Lorraine. I don't like you not being there. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too. And honestly, I'm mentally preparing myself for the FOMO. It was my choice not to go. I have some stuff that kind of conflicts. And also, I'm not quite ready. But... 
I'm definitely going to miss you. I've been working on writing a lot of the stage shows that you guys perform mm. um, and like writing notes with the production team. And I'm like, I can't believe I won't be there. Also to micromanage as I <laughs> like I like to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll definitely miss it. And I'll miss the craziness and being with the fans. It's so fun. But before we even get into all the Rad Marvel stuff happening at Comic-Con proper, we want to talk about a special event that is going down in San Diego on Wednesday, July 20th. And to get some more info on that, Lorraine, how about we use our twin phone and call up our pal, Marvel's Director of Themed Entertainment Development, Brian Crosby. I think that is definitely something we got to do. He's been working on this amazing... um pun intended, Spider-Man Beyond Amazing event that's coming to the San Diego Comic-Con Museum at Balboa Park in San Diego. So let's let's uh, call him up and see if we can get a little detail on that. Uh, beep, boop, 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 boop. Ring, ring, ring. Brian Crosby's phone. Ring, 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 ring. Hello? Hey, hey, Brian, did we wake you? It's it's Ryan and Lorraine. <laughs> it woke me when it said Brian Crosby's phone on my on my ring. I, I didn't know that that was I have a hacked the planet and I can now ring through any ringtone I want with my voice. What will they think of next, honestly? We have very <laughs> special technology here at This Week in Marvel, Brian, as you know. Uh, Brian, we started talking about the events that are happening in San Diego for Comic-Con International San Diego next week. And one of those events is the Spider-Man Beyond Amazing, the exhibition at Comic-Con Museum. In particular, I wanted to talk a little bit about an event that's happening on Wednesday, July 20th, preview night. Can you tell us a bit about that event? Yeah, actually, and you're going to be there, Ryan. You're you're <gasps> a part of that event, just Ta-da. so you know. What? If I haven't asked you previously... <laughs> You're what gonna are we going to do about the restraining event. order? Ooh. Oh, well, we'll figure it out later. There's so much happening down in San Diego on top of uh, trying to put together a, a convention and a booth and, and programming and all that. We decided, what the heck? Let's do an exhibit on top of that. And so, uh, yeah, we've partnered up with our friends over at uh, Comic-Con International and the Comic-Con Museum in Balboa Park in San Diego. And the exhibit, which you mentioned, but we're also going to be inducting Spider-Man into their character hall of fame, which is going to be kind of cool. I've heard that there's this character named Spider-Man, yeah. new guy on the scene. What's going down for Spider-Man and Beyond Amazing? We're inducting him into the hall of fame on, on Wednesday. So we're going to do a big event, big ceremony that goes along with that. We're going to have some speakers. Mr. Panagos will be there. Agent M himself will be there. But then uh, happening around that event is the exhibit, Marvel's Spider-Man, Beyond Amazing, the exhibition. It's a full exhibit celebrating 60 years of Spider-Man history. It's actually our partnering in creating the exhibit is the same partner that we created the Marvel Universe of Superheroes exhibit, which has been traveling the U.S. for the last few years. We launched at the Museum of Pop Culture, Mopop, in Seattle, and we really loved working with them. They did such a great job in bringing that together. And it really is a, a great mix of props and costumes from the Marvel Studios films, from the TV shows, we've got vintage comics, original artwork, photo ops, that mix of offerings in terms of an exhibit, we thought really worked great with that first exhibit. So with Spider-Man, with Beyond Amazing, we took the same approach, but now we're going to get to do a deep dive into Peter Parker's history, where he came from, where he is today, and then where he's going and kind of the legacy of, of Peter Parker. So it's a, it's a pretty comprehensive exhibit. It's, it's, it's really a lot of fun. Very much looking forward to it. Brian, Real talk. I need you to tell me here, live on recorded cast pods, are you wearing a tuxedo to this Comic-Con Museum Hall of Fame ceremony event? Do I need to wear a tuxedo? Do I have to wear a tie? Let's be real. You don't have to. I mean, I'm not going to be wearing a tuxedo. Here's what I'm going to wear a sports coat, probably Mm -hmm. over like a Spider-Man t-shirt. That's what I was thinking. That's kind of my my uniform for these types. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, these boys always talking about fashion. You know, that's what they call us, fashion boys, right here on This Week in Marvel. With Ryan and Brian. With a Z, please. Fashion boys. <laughs> now, Brian, you're kind of the king of Comic-Con because you're out there hustling, making sure that the booth happens, that the merch is getting into its merch booth and all that good stuff. What can you tell folks about Comic-Con coming up next week? What should they know? Any hot tips before we let you go for the SDCC? Well, thank you for saying that. First of all, um, as always with Comic-Con, there's going to be so much happening at the booth and around the booth. We're going to have signings. We're going to have a variety of different 
experiences this year and I, I, things that we, we have not done in the past. There's going to be some interactive moments, some things that people can get and acquire. I'm trying to be as cagey as I can with this answer. <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> I know. I'm not trying not to spoil it, but there's going to be lots of fun stuff. A lot, a lot of fun things happening. We're going to have celebrities coming by the booth doing signings. We're going to have uh, vintage collectibles on display. We might be giving some of those things away at some point. So, I mean, everything that you've come to expect from the Marvel booth will be happening, but we're doing some, some very new things too that I'm really excited about. Much more experiential. I'll say that. Ooh. Brian, we're going to let you go for this week. One more time, I want to let people know that they can go to comic-con.museum slash night to get tickets and more details on the Spider-Man Beyond Amazing exhibition and specifically the Comic-Con Museum Character Hall of Fame ceremony. Please join us there. We want to see you. We want to celebrate Spider-Man with you, with the world. It's going to be super duper fun. And next week, we're going to really grill you on some, some deep, deep questions, Brian. I look forward to it. All right. Big thanks again to Brian Crosby. I'm going to spend a bunch of time with him next week at Comic-Con. If you are listening to this and if you will be at Comic-Con, come say hi to Brian. Say, we heard you on the show. You ding dong. Great work. Brian Crosby is the man who makes the Marvel booth happen at Comic-Con every year. So if you go to the cons, Brian Crosby is doing the work. Tell the man thank you. Next week, we're going to have a longer interview with Brian, breaking down a lot more about that Spider-Man Beyond Amazing exhibition. But... We got to get into the San Diego Comic-Con of it all. And as always, you can get the latest Marvel news from San Diego with an exclusive live stream from us guys at uh, Marvel.com. It's going to be on the Marvel YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch accounts. And coverage is going to be hosted by my good friend Ryan Panagos here, Langston Belton, Anjali Crochet, and Justin Warner, just our BFFs. Check in on the live stream because we have lots of updates about what's happening throughout the day. Plus, we have lots of other cool exclusive interviews and stuff on there that you can't watch anywhere else. So head over to Marvel.com. Follow us on the socials throughout the week. Plus, if you're there in person, you can experience a whole ding-dang dunch of panels. A ding-dang dunch of panels. So, you know, it's interesting. Comic-Con runs from Wednesday's preview night and then Thursday through Sunday. But... We have panels starting Friday into Saturday and Sunday this year. So on Friday, we've got our own This Week in Marvel special event, which is 60 Years of Spider-Man. I'm hosting that one. We're going to have Nick Lowe, who is our VP and executive editor and the head of the Spider-Man comics, and Dan Slott, who is one time and former Spider-Man writer and now upcoming Spider-Man writer. They're coming on to talk about all kinds of stuff. I've been you know, looking at the, the panel and what we're going to do. We're going to play some games, have some fun, reveal some stuff, show off some cool things. Also on Friday, there's going to be a Marvel Comics Marvel Fanfare panel at 4 p.m. with our own editor-in-chief, C.B. Sobolski, there to answer all your burning questions. He's going to have a special guest or two and an exciting giveaway. So definitely, if you're there and you want to learn more about how how to make comics and the future of the Marvel Comics universe, definitely go and ask C.B. Sobolski some questions. And then over on Saturday, July 23rd, uh, we've got two great panels for Marvel Comics. You've got Marvel Comics Judgment Day from 145 to 245 in room 6A, where you're going to have your boy Nick Lowe, as we mentioned, and C.B. Sobolski. They're going to talk about the big X Judgment Day event that's going on. Uh, they're going to have our friend Adam Kubert. Honestly, Adam is one of the greatest living artists and I adore him. He's so sweet. But his work on Wolverine right now, if you're not oh. reading Wolverine, he is just solidifying himself as one of the greatest artists of all time. Absolutely. And just like quietly being like, oh yeah, I've been doing this for 30 years and I rule. I and the so nicest much. person. The nicest. Oh, my God. Uh, you're also going to have David Pipos on there and other mighty Marvel guests. They're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff going on for Avengers, X-Men, and Eternals and the rest of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And then Marvel Comics' next big thing at 3 p.m. is going to be right up after that panel which is going to be, again, C.B. Sobolski, our editor-in-chief, back with Nick Lowe, VP and executive editor, as well as editors Darren Shan and Lauren Bissom, who are all excellent. And they're going to be talking with folks like Chris Cantwell, Rom V, Colin Kelly, and Jackson Lansing, who are working on the new Captain America Sentinel of Liberty comic. Which is real good. 
Yeah. And there's going to be a lot more secrets coming for what's ahead for Shang-Chi, Ms. Marvel, Ant-Man, Ghost Rider, and the rest of the Marvel Universe, and maybe even a spider guy. So definitely go and uh, check that out on Saturday. And then, of course, Sunday, it is the return of one of the best panels that you best, can see at best, any convention. Best. Women of Marvel coming back. So that's going to be 1030 to 1130 in room 6A on Sunday, July 24th, hosted by Angelique Roche. There's going to be a great discussion with a ton of Marvel folks, including senior editor Lauren Bissom, author Nick Stone, and more. So definitely check out all of those panels if you are at the convention. Man, I have to say, I know I'm biased because I have been on the TWIM panel and I have been on the Women of Marvel panel the most, but I love this slate because we are the perfect folk to kick it off with enthusiasm, to get it going, to get into the comics. And I just love Women of Marvel because listen, Sunday, you're tired. You've been at it all weekend long and it's so nice to end with something that's really inspirational and exciting. And I've been working with the team on the panel and it's going to be a good one. So definitely go and check it out. I'm excited for it. But that's not all, baby. We got more panels from Marvel Studios. Yeah. And it's cool because they have two panels this year at Comic-Con. So on Friday, July 22nd at 1145 a.m. in Ballroom 20 is the Marvel Studios panel where you're going to have Marvel Studios head of streaming, television and animation, Brad Winderbaum, along with head of visual development, Ryan Minerding and special guests diving into all things animation with exclusive looks at Marvel Studios X-Men 97, Marvel Studios Marvel Zombies, Marvel Studios What If Season 2, and more. And, of course, on Saturday, 5 p.m. in Hall H, the big one that every year that they do it just mm -hmm. tears the house down, blows the roof off, the house is down, the roof is gone, everybody is like, whoa! Marvel Studios is bringing their Hall H panel, and of course you get Marvel Studios president and producer Kevin Feige bringing some special guests to provide an inside look at the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm hella hyped, y'all. Let's be honest. It is one of the biggest highlight, if not the greatest highlight of the con every year. One of my favorite things is when Ryan gets to go and be in the room. I'm usually doing all the other stuff <laughs> in the background. And then Ryan runs back from Hall H and then we do like a recap video and we get all excited. And I'm like, what happened? I don't know. It's so fun. It's one of those moments at the con every year where I truly feel like a kid again and I get to just be a fangirl mm -hmm. and just get to geek out. It's the best. It is pretty great. And of course, we'll have more Comic-Con recaps and all that stuff, so oh, yeah. you won't miss anything as long as you are subscribed to This Week in Marvel. And for everybody who's curious, who's asking about the merch, the schedules, all that stuff, stay tuned. As is the case with us, with all of our conventions, we release all that info really close to the launch of the show. So your best bet is to go to marvel.com slash sdcc. For all the latest information, we put up everything there once it is official. I would say probably, you know, week of Comic-Con, early next week, that's when you're going to get most of, well, I mean, you, you got to have it before we get to the show. So stay tuned. We'll get it to you, we promise, but it's probably going to come in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday-ish for you. But we've got some really cool stuff that's happening right, right, right now. Kith is celebrating Spider-Man's 60th anniversary in a really special way. They have some archival artwork from Spider-Man comics that they've used to create a custom comic book and a collection of apparel and accessories that show off the evolution of this character, all in celebration of Spider-Man's 60th anniversary this year. So right now, the comic is in Kith's shops. And... It's also going to be released as a bundle with a curated selection of vintage Spider-Man memorabilia online. It includes different kind of figurines, comic books, illustrations, and more. And by purchasing the online-only memorabilia items, customers are also going to get an issue of that comic that is totally custom to the collection. It is releasing this Friday today, if you're listening on Friday, July 15th at 11 a.m. Eastern on kith.com, or if you're in Europe, 11 a.m. CET at eu.kiss.com. But that's not all. If you are in New York, there's going to be a special three-day pop-up experience set 
in Queens, New York. The Marvel Kith Spider-Man pop-up will be open Friday, July 15th through Sunday, July 17th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern, located at 221-50 Horace Harding Expressway in Oakland Gardens, New York, 11364. That information is over on Marvel.com if you need it again. And the pop-up will not only stock the collection, but also have a curated selection of vintage Spider-Man memorabilia Mm -hmm. that you can purchase there, including comics from the past six decades, along with action figures, original illustrations, and much more. And the shop is the sole location in New York, aside from the Kith shop at Bergdorf Goodman, where the Marvel Kith Spider-Man collection and comic can be purchased on Friday, July 15th, aka today, if you're listening to us after the release. The collection and comic will still release at Kith's other non-New York shops and online. But if you want to go to that pop-up shop, definitely check it out. Go over to Queens and then get some like really good food. Pretty much everywhere in Queens has some amazing food, some different cultural touch point where you can try something really, really wonderful. The fact that they have memorabilia from 60 years of Spider-Man that they're Mm -hmm. selling, that's just like actual vintage stuff in addition to the Kith collection is really cool. Also the coolest, Marvel Unlimited hit 30,000 ding dang comics. It's fun because, you know, whenever we talk about Marvel Unlimited, we're like 25,000, 27,000. And so we are always tracking that benchmark, but we finally hit 30,000 comics, which is nutso and amazing. (laughs) And to celebrate, we're actually offering 30 free comics to read on the web that are ideal entry points for new comic readers plus there is a bonus avengers unlimited infinity comic number one that you can read for free and the comics are available now through august 2nd so definitely go check those out if you're not already subscribed to marvel unlimited and if you're not subscribed to marvel unlimited what are you doing with your life you can see a full list of all the comics that are available at marvel.com but if you don't have Marvel Unlimited yet, you can get your first year of Marvel Unlimited for just $60. We got you covered. Just use the code MUSAVE60. That's M-U-S-A-V-E-6-0 at checkout. You can get the whole ding, ding year. That's five bucks a month. You spend what more on your dang coffee. I know you're drinking lattes that are $6, buddy. You know some comics you can read in Marvel Unlimited? Daredevil comics, a whole bunch of great Daredevil issues written by Chip Zdarsky, and we have a brand new Daredevil series that Chip is writing alongside artist Marco Coquetto and Rafael De La Torre, and we just announced that coming August 17th is Daredevil issue number 650, which is That's a lot of numbers. Yeah, and so this one is fun because in the series, we've got like a whole brand new paradigm shift for both Matt Murdock and Electra Nachos, as they are both Daredevil right now. But in this issue 650, we're going to have legendary artists coming in to do this big giant size celebration of Daredevil, including the aforementioned Rafael De La Torre, plus Alex Malev, Paul Azaceta, Phil Noto, Chris Somney, Klaus Jansen, and Mike Hawthorne. I, I just read this for the first time and saw Chris's name. Chris Samney is one of my favorite people in comics, and he hasn't been working for us for a little while, and I adore him so much, and to see him here coming back to do a story is so great. I mean, his run on Daredevil is so flippin' good. It's unbelievable. And just announced... John Romita Jr. coming in here, plus a story by legendary and incredible Daredevil writer Anne Nascenti. Holy crap, this issue is going to be so good. (laughs) Definitely go check it out on August 17th. Also coming a little bit later in October, Moon Knight Annual Number 1. This is the first annual in Jed McKay's current run on Moon Knight with art by Federico Sabatini. And the story is going to feature a bloody reunion between Moon Knight and a Marvel Comics player who he shares deep roots with. You know the one. He's a dog. Just kidding. He's the best. Werewolf by Night. Uh, We love to see it. That's my Werewolf by Night. Howl. It was perfect. I love this origin story so much because Werewolf by Night was initially the person with the comic title and they were like, who would be his villain? The moon. And then they created Moon Knight. I just love comics. Yeah. (laughs) I just love it. But this is going to be a story that features the Darkhold and there's going to be a prophecy on how a god might die. So Jack Russell, aka Werewolf by Night, who is more familiar with that cursed tome than most, is going to... uh, have to maybe kill a god and save his people. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. It should be a really, really fun one. We love a Moon Knight versus and or teamed up with his old pal, Werewolf by Night. 
Yeah. Another big thing this week is the Hellfire Gala that happened over in the X-Men line of comics. And this week we had a big winner for who was voted as the newest member of the X-Men. You, dear fans, voted Firestar into joining the team, which rules. It's very cool seeing Firestar alongside Iceman. It's a little amazing friends reunion in there. A little little fire and ice. ice. Mm -hmm. And there's a new costume for Firestar. She's got a beautiful new design by Pepe Larraz, incredible artist. I am super excited for how she's going to fit into the book and on the team and what that means, especially once you read all about it in X-Men Hellfire Gala number one, which is out this week. And so speaking of issues out this week, over on Marvel's pull list, we had a brand new episode with our picks of the week, including X-Men Hellfire Gala number one, Immortal X-Men number four, and Axe Eve of Judgment, number one. Big, big issues, big things happening. There's actually a ton of really great comics this week. Go listen to Marvel's Pull List wherever you get your podcast to hear about all of them. And on this episode, we were joined by writer and artist Jason Lowe, who came on to talk about his X-Men Unlimited Infinity comic stories he's been doing about Jamie Madrox, aka The Multiple Man. So we're talking to Jason about all of those and so much more. Yeah, and if you love yourself some X-Men, you should be listening to Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine. The podcast is currently on its sixth episode. This week's new episode is titled Land of the Free, and it's now available to subscribers to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts and the SiriusXM app. And this week's episode is all about Logan, Sophia, and Fang, who are going to continue their long trip to Canada. Meanwhile, Rachel Summers and Kitty Pride see an old friend and get some unexpected and unwelcome house guests. I could talk about it all day, but uh, let's listen to a little preview. You nervous? You're not? I don't really get nervous. Doesn't Red Skull have the border locked down? I don't believe in borders. I heard there are evil robots that'll shoot anyone or anything that tries to cross. You know how many of you are already here? You're sucking us dry. I don't know if it's gonna work, Kitty. You know, my powers have been so inconsistent. I think you psych yourself out, Rage. You never want to talk about it. You were a witness to every horrible thing Wolverine... Don't even say his name. Okay, kid! Yeah? Make it to the other side. We're in Canada. Hang on to Fang, because here we go! All right, of course, episodes of Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine are available exclusively on the SiriusXM app and Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. They will be widely available one week later on Pandora, Stitcher, and all major podcast platforms in the U.S. You can also unlock exclusive bonus content by subscribing to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. Learn more at marvel.com slash wastelanders. Yeah, go listen to it. It's super fun. Also super fun, our guest this week. We spoke with the actors who played the LARPers, aka the live action role players in Marvel Studios Hawkeye. You might remember that they teamed up with the Hawkeyes to help take down the baddies. And that includes Adetempo Thomas, Adele Drejos, Robert Walker, Braun Show, and Clayton English. I had a blast doing this. They talk about acting alongside Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld and what it's like to be in the MCU. So let's take a listen right now. All right, this week in Marvel, we have on some very special guests from Marvel Studios Hawkeye, our lovely LARPing team, the only adventurers I want to be a part of. I'm Adetipo Thomas, and I play Wendy Conrad in Hawkeye. I'm Adele Drejos, and I play Missy in Hawkeye. I'm Clayton English, and I play Grills in Hawkeye. Hey everyone, my name is Robert Walker Broncho, and I play Orville in Hawkeye. See, I told you guys, I got all the LARPers, I got everybody here. <laughs> I'm really excited. We we don't usually get this big of a group, so I'm really pumped to have you all. What is your Marvel origin story? What's the first way that you connected with the Marvel Universe or got to know the Marvel characters? I'll go. For me, it's got to be just being a little kid, Spider-Man. remember having a Spider-Man action figure, and then I remember one time I was sick and my mom did the coolest thing ever. She showed up with like, four or five comic books 
and one of them was Spider-Man. And I remember the cover, it was Thanos holding Spider-Man in his hand and he was all beat up and everything. And ever since then, I just always liked comics and then that translated to the MCU. So yeah, I'm definitely like, it's ingrained in me. It's been there a while. I might have had some Spider-Man under rules. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I watched a lot of the X-Men cartoon when I was younger. I yeah. spent a lot of time in front of the TV and that was one of the favorite things to watch. And I probably had the influence of my older brother to thank for that. But then going forward, once the movie started coming out, much like Rob, you know, whenever they came out, it was really exciting to go and see them in, in theaters. And then of course, now here we are. You're one with the MCU. What about you, Adele? Similar. I mean, I grew up watching some X-Men cartoons here and there, but I think when MCU dropped their first Iron Man, I've been hooked ever since. He's so snarky. I love it. Oh, snarky, snarky, <laughs> baby. I love you snarky, know snarky, you know? <laughs> what about you, Rob? I definitely got started on X-Men and Spider-Man and uh, the Iron Man cartoons when I was a kid. And that led into a pretty hardcore obsession with the action figures. So I had a strong amount of X-Men action figures growing up and then followed that through the X-Men movies. And I have actively been seeing every Marvel movie, if not opening night, Thursday night, I go opening weekend. If I, if I get there too late to get the good seats, I'll, I'll like push it to a Sunday, but I'm the one that I have all the notifications on my phone <laughs> and I go to the AMC app and I buy like 15 tickets and then I kind of just like disperse them out to my friend group and we'll we'll go to like the eight o'clock showing on Thursday. So hardcore fan. I love it. Do you still have your action figures? Did you keep them? Are they in a shoebox somewhere? So my mom actually saved a bunch of my action figures and That's now great. they've been rotated down to my uh, two nephews who are six and four and they play with them. So yeah, I'm waiting until Christmas this year and I'm going to get them their first Marvel Lego set for Christmas. I thought you were going to say you're waiting till Christmas to take them back. <laughs> like you're going to reclaim your action figures at Christmas time. Mine now, kids. If they're mean, I may take them. <laughs> for each of you, you know, you guys all have said that you are MCU fans, you're Marvel fans. What was it like when you found out that you were not only going to be on a Marvel series, but you were going to get to be a part of the actual action in the, in the big final episode. For me, it was like a slow build. I'd been auditioning for Marvel projects. So I knew like, okay, there's a lot of opportunity here. In my brain, it's kind of just a matter of time. And then it happened and that was exciting. And then it, it got bigger and I loved the role from the beginning and then the role grew and that got exciting. And then the red carpet happened and it just kind of kept getting big. Like the whole time we're trying to figure out what these characters bring to the story, just this slow realization of this is very awesome and getting awesomer. <laughs> for me, that was my experience. <laughs> I thought we were auditioning for just a scene to be in, so like a day player role. So that was so exciting. And then I'm going to be honest and say I'm pretty sure I cried and then immediately like called my mom and then she was like, thank God, we thank God. I mean, I, I think there was some prayer involved um, and that was a really celebratory moment. And then, of course, as we were there, Reese and Burton Birdie were so nice about us and encouraging about us improving. Oh, right. Reese Thomas and Burton Birdie, the directors of the series. Just kind of by default. Because we all riff together so well, there was a lot. I feel like my character had twice as many lines as she was supposed to because we were just like, oh, yeah, got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, see you later. Moments in the script. So it was wild being there. It was wild every time it grew, standing, like Adele said, in L.A. on the red carpet behind Jeremy and Haley. I was like, wait, hold on. How important are our characters? Because we didn't see the rest of the script. So then all of a sudden I was like, there are some people who are above us in the call sheet who are not here. So what is the, what's really happening? And I'm still kind of in shock. It's not really settled into my brain. I'll be honest. I love that. Yeah. I mean, when I got the call from my agent, it was definitely just a, a big exhale. You know, it's just like <laughs> a realization that for the last 10 years of my life, I've been following a story that's been meticulously handcrafted and did something that film has never been able to do at this scale 
and just that realization that I am now part of this world and that can never go away. It just kept getting better and better. You know, there was every day on set was a dream. <laughs> I'm getting to <laughs> do more and more and realizing like, oh, like we're good guys. Like we're going to help out and, and save the day. And like, just it was being able to go and like do the finale and be involved and make sure people got out of there safe and beat up some tracksuit mafia. Like all the day's work. <laughs> Can't beat it. Heck yeah. Yeah. I didn't know anything. And that would continue throughout <laughs> filming. I, I knew We're, nothing. I, uh, wait. But I have a I have a specific question for you here now. Okay. Had you read the comics? Because Grills has a bad day in the comics. Oh yeah, I knew about I knew about that. Were you worried about you? Yeah, because I when, was very worried about you. I'm anticipating like I'm not gonna be in, 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 in many episodes, but I auditioned the day before and was on set pretty much like the next day or within like two days. And I didn't know what I was auditioning for. Initially, they said it was a Marvel thing. I read the thing. So I spent most of filming just confused. And like, I, I thought it was one of those situations like where you put the wrong name on a test and then, you know, you get into the gifted class, like one of them sitcom situations. But no, it was just awesome <laughs> to be there like every day. And, um, <laughs> I jumped into it because I'm like, okay, this is this is awesome, and I, I, I didn't feel the pressure. I'm like, it's Hawkeye, you know. Part of me wanted powers, but I was like, if Hawkeye doesn't have powers, we probably not gonna get powers. So you got some cool costumes, though, man. You guys got your hero reveal. Some great costume changes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you guys all seem like you've become so close over your time together. Your character group is super close because they're a group of LARPers. Could you talk each of you about your character and a little bit about them in the series and like what you connected with about each of your characters? I was a police explorer growing up through high school. And then I actually was a, a volunteer firefighter for a couple of years and I graduated the like the fire academy. So it was kind of cool then to get to play a guy that works for the NYPD I went to a lot of Renaissance fairs when I was a child. I've never LARP, but like I legit was really, I'm really into medieval times. And like, those are my yeah. favorite TV shows and movies type so of thing. Fun. So I was able to connect in that aspect of going out with some friends, having a stressful job and trying to like find an escape that you kind of can just go and unwind in. And I felt pretty easy to sink into this guy. You know, like I wasn't trying to create a new, a new character. I was just trying to, bring what my walk of life was because i thought that's you know kind of how clinton said hawkeye doesn't have powers kate bishop doesn't have powers and that's what makes i what made this show and hawkeye's character and then it's really special is that they're just normal people doing their best and and trying to traverse adversity at, at any chance they get and that's kind of what i you know i was trying to bring really was like hey i'm a normal dude but that doesn't mean i can't have a large impact on the world and have a large impact on this story that was the attitude I brought to set every day and tried to embody that in any scene that, that we were in was just have a good laugh and uh, you need some help. We got your back. Yeah, that's such a good point. Because like if anybody is going to be a superhero with no superpowers besides the Hawkeyes, it's definitely you guys like <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the aspect for me. Like my character didn't see itself as a hero, you know, even though he's a first responder, even though he's a firefighter. And I think that's kind of the message from the whole thing. Like anybody can kind of be a hero, you know, just the things you do when you're helping out your family are to the people in your life that that's important to you. You know, they probably look at you like, you know, you got a cape on or something. So, and just my character being such a fan of superheroes, it was easy to translate that. Like even the apartment setup is like, yeah, I would, I wouldn't have this much Dungeons and Dragons stuff, but. The video games is definitely be scattered all over the place and stuff. <laughs> so it was an easy jump. I found it really easy to jump into the enthusiasm and the like eagerness to be a part of something and to be helpful. I also really loved how much Wendy, for her to be the rule moderator in a lot of ways of the group, <laughs> it became a really fun opportunity to just play. And I feel like a lot of times I don't always get to play in the work that I do, but this was one where we would go back to the trailer, like have time during lunch. And it was just like, this isn't work. 
this is dope. And just having a really, really right. good time. I think also not being able to know ahead of time what kind of role we were going to have in our different first responderness was also interesting. But I thought stepping into Wendy and Wendy having a wife, there was a lot of really positive feedback from the fans feeling like that representation was slipped in really well. And I think representation matters a lot. And it matters a lot to me. Being able to be representative of people who do not feel seen is kind of the entire reason I do this. So that really felt like an honor. So to be just like a cool Black girl, I'm eternally grateful for the opportunity. For me, Missy was so much fun. I, I remember in the audition and the callback playing with a lot of ranges of Missy. And I think at first... She started off very goofy, but then we would play with some very just kind of straight character choices. And then we'd go back to some more of that kind of goofiness and kind of find a happy medium. And it was pretty easy to fall into that. So she's she's very takes it very seriously, the LARPing and the commitment to it. And she knows how to run a ship. And I, in my real life, have no problem doing that. I, I tend to like organizing and calling the shots on a lot of stuff. So doing the LARP battle and being in front of, you know, this group of people and having to be the MC for all intents and purposes was not difficult at all for me. It felt it felt like just fun. I will say I Missy's thrown me a bit of a loop trying to figure her out at first. She's the only one who we don't know specifically what her job is, but in one of the auditions it was mentioned, you know, as if this is just a paramedic. So from that point on, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to go with. This is my choice for her. She's the paramedic. But she's also the only one you can't easily Google, right? Where, where you look up Grills and Orville and Wendy, we're like, oh, oh my gosh, it's, the, it's these guys. It's the death rows. But there's no Missy in those, right? She also doesn't have a last name. So I'm just like, she's completely mine now. And to be able to bring a group of people, the LARPer crowd and the cosplay crowd, to the forefront in a theatrical showing without making a mockery of them felt like from the get-go that was always important to me was, oh, I, I, I don't want people to think I'm mocking this group of people. I grew up, I had roommates who were LARPers. I went to art school, so I know a lot of cosplayers. And... To be able to just bring light to the fun and the playfulness of this hobby was very delightful. And also, I love making costumes, which was just also fun because Missy's a costume maker. And for someone who's never cosplayed before, I've made a lot of costumes in the past for various things here and there, be that like Halloween or working at a haunted house or living statue. I'm like, I'm making a my first ballroom gown this week, in fact, I have the printout on the floor in front of me. So I hate yeah, to break that this was, to that you, was really but I, fun. I think you might be a cosplayer. You're getting there if you're making a football <laughs> gown. I, know. I, know. I, I think you're in it. it. <laughs> We've been looking at it. I, like, like, yeah, no. mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and now you truly are. You're in the hollowed halls of you've worn a Marvel costume for a shooting of an epic battle which is, I think, a rite of passage in a Marvel actor's life. What was it like getting to work with Jeremy Renner and and Haley Steinfeld as you went into the greater process of filming? I want to start with you, Rob, because, you know, you've talked about how you are the guy who rolls in with your 15 besties for every Marvel premiere. What was it like to be like, hey, Jeremy, the guy I've been hanging out with at the movies for a decade? Surreal is the best way to describe it, like... We shot this show over a span of three months and to just keep going back and sitting in the, the hair and makeup trailer and having Jeremy drop in or pass like Haley's two chairs down type of thing. No, it was, it was just utterly amazing, you know, and I'm a fan of Jeremy's work in general. Like I've seen, I've seen a lot of his films throughout the years. I like his acting style. You know, he's the kind of guy that doesn't, do too much over the top stuff. He's just like super organic. And then to then have that type of voyeur view of someone, but then get to work with them is always an interesting flip to see like, all right, well, how is he doing this? And he's so, he's a really funny dude. 
that was the kind of thing that like I knew he had good comedic timing, but like it's one thing to see an edited version of an actor, but then to actually see it in takes. We were doing the apartment scene, and this didn't make the the final cut, but there was a quick interactions with after Jeremy gets his bag from out of tempo, I come out and I give him some Just information. Barely. Yeah, the, the bombshell bag. <laughs> and in one of the takes, he improv the joke about popcorn. And I was just like, yeah, popcorn's great. And he came back to me after they called cut and he's like, Orville. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, Orville. <laughs> Redenbacher, <laughs> popcorn, and I, I looked him straight in the face, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, man, I completely <laughs> missed that." All right, good one. So, like, just had a lot of moments like that, and they were they were a joy to work with. Yeah, it was an absolute dream getting to work with everybody. So, like, in the opening scene where Missy stops him from going into the LARP. As we're doing that scene, he's kind of talking with Reese, who was directing that episode. And he's like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if they start trying to ask for his information, you know, to sign up? And he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to ask me this. So then we carried that into that next scene when he's actually at the check-in tent. And we're asking him, you know, what's your address? What's your email? And he's like, oh, it's classified. What's your phone number? No. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't scripted. He, he just came up with that in the previous scene where I'm talking to him and then they incorporated it into the next scene. And that just kind of shows how much ebb and flow and playing was allowed on this set. Now, Clayton and Edit Tempo, since you haven't said yet, I would love to know, do you have a favorite scene that you filmed at any point in the series that was just your absolute favorite to work on? Yes. Anytime I'm wearing the Ronin suit. But no, the definitely the battle was one of the best scenes for me. It was the last day of shooting. It was the day I actually kind of felt comfortable. I felt like, hey, maybe they can't fire me. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? We're like, in I'm too deep. It. Yeah, like, I'm like, hey, okay, maybe, maybe it wasn't too bad. The scene was big. Lots of ad libs that day. Lots of big set laughs. This cameraman laughing as people, like, extras energy was just there it was a great day we were in stone mountain it was, it was cool for me i i would say one of my favorite days was the day we did you know in episode four where we did the bombshell bag i did theater in college and in grad school and i always play these like really dark heavy you know grounded characters and it was the first time i got to be funny and to then be improv with somebody with like an Oscar nomination, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I too will be capable of this. And that was just a really good time. I think also people really loved that scene and thought it was funny because, I mean, you know, whatever happened in Wendy's bag, we don't know. Hashtag bring Wendy's bag back. <laughs> <laughs> My other favorite moment, because I grew up watching so many superhero cartoons. And then of course, you know, we spent 10 years going to the theater and watching these Marvel movies was our slow motion walkout in our hero costumes. Mm. Because the first day we wore our costumes to set, even the crew was like, oh, they look really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really exciting to then have them like kind of set the camera up and that, you know, that hero angle, like down at the ground, looking up at us. And we all kind of walk out in slow motion and we're like, yeah, now the people will listen to us. Because there's several moments that happen there for me. Not only do we get to do it, I got to have a mohawk, which was dope. No one questions the fact that in the middle of this chaos and we were like, you know, actually, now would be the perfect time for a costume change. <laughs> and they'd be like, well, walk away, put on leather outfits and come back out. And I love the way they edited it because it shows Jeremy catching it. And he's like, <laughs> we're all going to die. <laughs> and that just made me laugh so much. So to be able to be a part of the joy that was in the show was really exciting. And those two scenes really like have a special place in my heart. Well, I really love all of you. And I just thought you brought so much heart to the series. And we're about to wrap up, but I would love to know for each of you, what, if anything, do you want to share with the fans? I have a funny story that uh, just happened to me like two days ago that 
I would like to share with the fans because I think that would be. And sure. So I was just down in Puerto Rico and we were driving to uh, Old San Juan and we were trying to go see the old fort there. And there's a bunch of police all over the place. And we're trying to figure out what's going on. And all like as we we're turning down streets, roads were getting blocked off in front of us. So we finally pull over and we get to a police officer and we ask like, hey, what's going on here? And the police goes, oh, they're filming Iron Man right now. <laughs> I looked at the girl I'm with and I'm like, did that cop just make a mistake <laughs> and release the biggest Marvel news imaginable? <laughs> <laughs> Is this for real right now? <laughs> so we would maneuver our way through old San Juan. We finally find a parking space and we get out and we start walking towards the fort. And halfway on the way to the fort, we start hearing crowd noise and people cheering. And I, I'm like, I bet you that's where they're filming. So we pass by a big base camp, bunch of trailers and a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, is this this actually is really happening? <laughs> we turn a corner, get closer to the noise. There's an actual Iron Man race going on <laughs> in old San Juan. And these runners are running up this hill, and the people cheering are the people that have lined up to give them like pretzel snacks and waters and <laughs> My girl turns and looks at me and she's like, oh, <laughs> it's an Iron Man race. <laughs> and we both broke out laughing hysterical <laughs> that we had thought that they were shooting Iron Man. This entire time I'm like, Iron Man's dead. He can't, they can't be shooting Iron Man. <laughs> Thank you to all of the people who've been so supportive of the LARPers. We thought we were going to be like the E plot line of this show at best. And people have been so enthusiastic about each one of our characters individually, but also just us as a group. And I just want all of the fans to know that we appreciate you and we'll see you in San Juan and we'll see you in Brazil and we'll see you in Iowa. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you for rocking with us because we're having a great time. Yeah, we're, we're here with you. We, we are fans ourselves and we love talking about it. We love talking about the positive experience we all had. We hope to one day bring you some more stories. Yeah. All the people that watch it, that's a fan. I'm one of y'all. One of the cool parts at the premiere was a lot of the people that were dressed up in the costumes and cosplaying. They said they felt like we represented for them on the screen. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, man, if you're a fan of this stuff, then I, I'm, I'm just glad that you liked what you saw, because I think all four of us were beyond excited to be there and beyond respect for the material and the work that's already been put in to make this happen and just to be a part of it is awesome and watch it watch it as much as you can you don't even have to be home to watch it you can just leave it on <laughs> let your dog watch it man you know what i'm saying you can have a dog that would only watch shrek maybe your dog likes hawkeye so episodes two four and six yeah you know what i gotta say so far my dog's favorite series because there's another dog Oh, thank you all so much for talking with us. And of course, watch all episodes of Marvel Studios Hawkeye now streaming on Disney+. Yeah. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. That was thank so you. fun. Thank, thank you for having us. Big thanks once again to those wonderful folks. Of course, go watch Marvel Studios Hawkeye, all episodes streaming now only on Disney+. Plus. All right, we got to talk about next week because, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to be talking with Brian Crosby, our director of themed entertainment development here at Marvel. We're going to be talking about the Spider-Man Beyond Amazing exhibition at Comic-Con Museum. We're going to be talking about Comic-Con and so much more. So with that in mind question of the week this week is what is your favorite convention memory or experience this one is interesting because i know not everybody can get to a convention has been mm -hmm. able to go to a convention at any point in their lives but sometimes you get the coverage of it you watch our live streams you watch recaps you follow along on on twitter as live streams and when i think of comic-con the thing that pops into my head 
is Tom Hiddleston as Loki mm-hmm. coming out in Hall H and commanding the crowd. And I was in that room and just, it was electric. It was so incredible to be there. You know, I think of Natalie Portman being handed Mjolnir on the stage and like how hyped everyone was. I love having all of the signings at the Marvel booth. And it's always just the coolest to see how much that touches people, you know, yeah. and get getting to meet the people that they admire. And also, I just love the delirium that sets in about <laughs> midday on Saturday when everyone's starting to be exhausted. But Saturdays also tends to be like the most busy, exciting day. Yeah. So everyone's delirious and there's all this energy and you're just like hanging out with your friends in pure delirium. You're meeting all of these fans. Like, it's just, there's nothing like it. Well said. Seeing, like, fans come up with their kids and then watching the kids grow over the years. I remember, like, there was a little Thor cosplayer. Do you remember little Thor? Mm -hmm. And, like, seeing him grow year after year at Comic-Con. It's always been so sweet. Seeing proposals happen on stage. All the cosplay, you know, we get to see oh, some yeah. amazing cosplayers. There's some where to get on stage, they would need like six people to help them get this giant cosplay outfits together. <laughs> There's so much to love about these conventions and these experiences. So please let us know what your favorite convention memory and or experience is. You can tweet your answers using hashtag this week in Marvel. Email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. Please make sure to tell us it's okay to read on the show. That being said, the question of the week last week was which Marvel character would you like to LARP, aka live action role play, with? So here are some answers. First up, we've got Ian at the guard. Ian, who said, imagine an epic LARP battle within the enemy's lines. You hear an intermittent banth. Bamf! Plumes of dark brimstone smoke dot their numbers. A sly grin tugs at your lips because you know your friend Nightcrawler has made his appearance. Are you, do you DM? <laughs> Are you a game master? I was like, that's a really good little story right there, Ian. Yeah, I was in it. That was great. Steve Rogers at Tal Keaton tweeted, I'm a director for a LARP and I would <gasps> definitely pick Squirrel Girl. Yeah. She seems like she'd have a lot of fun LARPing and who wouldn't want a lot of squirrel friends to come along on adventures? Oh my gosh, she has real animal familiars. <laughs> so good. Next up, we got Tina Kavanaugh at TCAV, who said, do actor Odin, actor Loki, and actor Thor count? No one would have more fun than they would. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Your favorite gunkle at Rusty619 tweets, assuming this current timeline, going to go with Dark Phoenix so I can settle any bets on, quote, who would win if Dark Phoenix battled, end quote. Oh, and also to burn it all down and start all over. Society-wise, we need a do-over. Please, please listen. The Dark Phoenix has killed whole planets. And as much as I feel like we could use some improvement, I think burning the whole planet down might not be it. Appreciate your answer, though. Yeah. (laughs) Peterson of Baconator at B Mikey P said it would be absolute chaos and we'd probably end up in jail. But Deadpool would definitely get into the spirit of it. Deadpool would absolutely kill people and be like, I thought this was what we were doing. (laughs) Oops. Sorry? Was I not supposed to stab Bob? That's a great answer, though. Astral at underscore Astral Walker tweeted, I feel like a LARP group with Peter Parker, Ned, and MJ would be super fun. TBH. We could rope one of the other Avengers in to be one of the villains. Ooh. I would love it if it were MJ a la MCU because she'd be like, this is stupid. And then she would beat everyone up. (laughs) But she would secretly be having the best time. Oh, the best time. Alvaro Carlos at Alvarez said the Scarlet Warlock, a male version of the Scarlet Witch who lives in the Earth 127. Good deep cut. Nice. Jay at Deathstroke underscore zero two says, I'd love to LARP with Dr. Doom since he really knows how to act like a king slash warrior. Oh, he would be such a butt. He'd be such a stickler. Also, he'd be kind of like Deadpool in a way. Like, it's yeah, very dangerous. <laughs> But you would never be short for players because you'd always have Doombots. Guy LaFleur at WrestleFan420 said, Doreen Green, she's super smart, imaginative, and well, if we are LARPing in a park, she has advantage for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Tom N. at Tom of Shield tweeted, I think a Star Wars LARP with Phil Coulson would be incredibly fun. Quote, I'll be damned. Tatooine. 
<laughs> which is a real fun callback. Thank you for that one, Tom. Do you think Phil Coulson would be like, can I dress up as Captain America? Oh, <laughs> that'd be so cute. <laughs> All right. LT the Super at LT the Super said, I would have to choose Thor. Just imagine a literal god role playing with mortals. Also, Chris Hemsworth seems like a LARP guy. I could see it. Yeah. I mean, acting is LARPing and LARPing is acting. Yeah. Also, with kids too, you're LARPing like 80% of the time you are alive. <laughs> I mean, the the amount of LARPing we do in my house just based around Disney princess shows and then incorporating Spidey and his amazing friends characters. I, I appreciate the fan fiction mashup that is parenting. Yes. All right. Blamo at Smimblor tweets, dude. LARPing with gore would knock my socks off. We'd have Metallica blasting and he might kill me for real, which is awesome. I don't know that that's awesome. But <laughs> Stay that's safe funny. out there, Blamo. Please, um, please, please. <laughs> we also got an email from Grayson Woznesinski who said, Loki, well, duh, and included a cute little picture of, I believe it is like a Lego Duplo alligator Loki maybe, yeah. but he's very cute. Loki would be great because he could just look like anyone. As long as he didn't, like, get too mischievous, it'd be pretty great. All right, we got a big, great email in here from Tucker Farce, who says, Hello, Ryan and Lorraine. I listen to the show while I'm at work, so I often forget to respond by the time I get home, and I'm behind a few weeks. And then Tucker goes on to answer some of our previous questions of the week. There's only one real option for who to spend my summer with, and that is obviously Party Thor from Marvel Studios' What If? We would get into so many hijinks and learn valuable lessons afterward. More hijinks than valuable lessons, but I think it's a great answer. Tucker says, the best casting in the MCU? I honestly don't think anyone could be a better fit for their character than Carl Urban as Scourge. To top it off, he did that whole character arc with just a couple lines and a tiny amount of screen time. What a great job from a veteran actor. And Tucker continues saying, if I was going to a Ren Fair or a LARP event, I would take both Colossus and Drax. Just the challenge of explaining things to them would be endlessly hilarious, but you know they would eventually be absolutely wholeheartedly into the roles they play. Thanks for the show. Those are great answers. If I were going to Ren Fair, I would want to bring Pixie. Everyone would be like, oh, you're like one of those fairies from the Ren Fair. And then she'd be like, and it'd blow their mind. And kids oh. would just be like, <laughs> yeah, you go to Ren Fair, you got to bring Lockheed as well. <gasps> then you have a little dragon running around and people are like, I want that instead of the little <laughs> puppet dragon that is on my shoulder. Like, you know, well, Lockheed does what he does. Also, good call, Tucker, on calling out Carl Urban as Scourge. He's so good. That's it. That's the tweet. All right. That wraps it up for us. This episode of This Week of Marvel is produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Hi, Brad. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Hi, Jill. And a special thanks to Comic-Con Long Johns. Comic-Con Long Johns. Long Johns, you wear Comic-Con. Comic-Con Long Johns, get yours today. I'm going to be so sweaty. It's going to be hot and sticky. Wear your deodorant, everyone. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. No! No!